Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I am Michelle Lichty, and I am here with Brentley Jordan. Yes, um, since I decided to show up today, so sorry about the <laughs> mishap yesterday. Yes, we're, we are we are having our discussion at a at a different time than normal because, as Brentley said, he uh, forgot to show up yesterday. So, uh, but that's okay. We're flexible. That's right. Thank you. So we have grace. It happens to all of us. So. Um, so we're here today on a Thursday to discuss um, the sermon from this past Sunday, Jesus, the new life. And this is based on John 3, chap- uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. And this is where Jesus meets with Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has some pretty hard words for Pharisees if you're reading the Gospels in whole. Yeah. I think he calls them a brood of vipers and yeah. whitewashed tombs. And here he is meeting with a Pharisee one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. One of the things that, that I didn't take the time to get into on Sunday was the verse that actually um, happens in the last verse of chapter 2, uh, in verses 24 and 25, it says, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them for he knew all men. And then it says he did not need man's testimony about man for he knew what was in a man. Um, so that sounds kind of strange, but the, the, the Greek word, which I wrote that down, what was it? Anthropos, the, the Greek word here used for man is, it, it can mean man individually or men and women, people in general. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just kind of, the the transition into chapter three we have this saying you know the lord knew all men he he knew what is in the hearts of of anthropos he knows all anthropos and then the first uh verse of chapter three starts off with the same word now there was an anthropos one of these men who jesus knew he knew what was in his heart so if you read it straight from chapter two to three you get this picture that you're reminded foundationally that Jesus knows the heart of, of all men and women. And, and then it, it tells this story about an example of one man, man uh, Jesus knew him and knew his heart. So for us to enter into the story, first realizing that Jesus knew Nicodemus and he knew Nicodemus's heart. And, mm-hmm. and that's what gave him the ability to cut kind of to cut to the chase and cut straight to this matter and to identify where where Nicodemus was and where Jesus wanted him to be because hmm. Jesus knew exactly where Nicodemus was. Yeah, that's interesting. And w- then when you juxtapose it with the words Jesus, the strong negative words Jesus had for Pharisees, he knew what was in their hearts. Yes. And so yes. he called it out yeah what was in their hearts yeah um Mm -hmm. so back to nicodemus here he is uh, a leader 
in the Jewish faith, um, and he meets with Jesus secretly. Yeah. Because he's afraid of yeah. what others would think. Um, and Jesus is willing to meet with them because, as you pointed out, Jesus knows what's in his heart. Yeah. Um, in my notes, the struggle I pulled out of this is that Jesus or that Nicodemus, um, as a Pharisee, is following the law, like mm-hmm. as well as he can to the letter of the law, to all the laws that the Pharisees added onto. Yes. The Old Testament laws is what we would understand them to be. Um, and, and Jesus is basically saying, yeah, that, that's not how you get to heaven. And, yes. and Nicodemus is like, wait, what? Yeah. Where oh. did this come from? I mean, it would have been mind-blowing, pull the rug out from under him, you know, for this teacher of the law. You know, if anybody has access to the kingdom of God, it is Nicodemus and his peers. I mean, they they have earned it. They've 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 accomplished it. They have access to the kingdom of God, and and for Jesus to say very pointedly that no one can see this kingdom of God that you are so confident that you have access to. No one can see it without being born again. And I mean, Nicodemus, like born again. That's. Um, you know, not, not only is, is the concept uh, sound confusing to Nicodemus, but the idea that he can't accomplish it, I mean, that just would have been mind-blowing. Um, yeah. Because Nicodemus can accomplish the law, or, or so he thought, um, right. but, but he cannot uh, rebirth himself. Um, right. Yeah, so it would have yeah. just been absolutely shocking to Nicodemus. Yeah. And, and not only Nicodemus, right? Like, oh, sure. I, I yeah. was just thinking today or this week, as I was contemplating the message, I realized, you know, we are so eager. I think we like in general, as a population, as human, as humans are mm-hmm. so eager to have a, tell me what to do. Tell me not what not to do. Like yeah. we want to know what do I do to follow Jesus? What do I not avoid to follow Jesus? What to get to heaven? Like if you look at all of the other religions in the world, it's so much of it is based on what you're doing, what you're not doing. Yeah. You know, following the rules, following the laws. And so, so it is still mind blowing to say there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so it's dismantling to human pride and human capability and human accomplishment. It just dismantles that when Jesus says you can only access the kingdom if you are reborn. And you know, and in that moment, you know, this is this is pre uh, crucifixion and resurrection. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Nicodemus has way less idea of what all this means than than we do today. Um, Yet, yet what becomes apparent is um, we are spiritually dead and a spiritually dead person cannot revive himself to spiritual life. So on a very basic level, we understand if, if I'm really spiritually dead, then the only way that spiritually dead can turn to spiritually, spiritually alive is by the intervention of the spirit. 
And it's not because the spiritually dead person had this little bit of a moment of, of life and asked for the spirit to do something. Mm -hmm. um, spiritually dead means spiritually dead. So, so, so it's interesting that, you know, in, in preaching through this passage, you know, I, I made the point but didn't dive deep into it that um, we cannot have access to the kingdom of God unless we are reborn by the spirit. So it's the spirit's work that, that I can't control. Um, right. Yet, you know, a, a, a whole part of the message was also saying we have this choice of we can choose to follow our own interest in the way of the world or we can choose to follow the way of Jesus. Um, so so we didn't I, I didn't acknowledge the the seeming contradiction between those two. Um, but it's but I, I want to point it out now and this is just part of scripture that, that we need to understand and, and learn to hold together um, that yes, it is the spirit who brings me from spiritual death to spiritual life. It's not something I, I earn in any way or, or mm -hmm. choose or initiate. The spirit does it. And from my perspective, it's completely my choice mm. to follow the way of the world or to follow Jesus. So mm. how, how can those two coexist? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's, you know, a number of people have struggled through that. And honestly, I think a number of people have done scripture disservice when they they try to end up landing on one and not the other mm. um, when i think you know scripture and life teach us that it we are god initiates the work and the spirit does the work mm -hmm. and we choose mm -hmm. somehow those two seemingly contradictory things mm -hmm. absolutely coexist I heard it explained once, and I, I thought this was really help. It was really helpful for me to understand this apparent contradiction. Yeah. Um, when we walk into heaven, mm -hmm. you know, if you, we think of the pearly gates, right? Mm -hmm. And on top of the pearly gates, it would say, You chose me. Mm -hmm. And then when we walk through the gates and we look back, the oh, same yeah, that's gate great. says, I chose you from the beginning of the world. Yeah. And it's like, how can both be true? But they are. It's, yeah. it's just a matter of when you enter and when you look back. Yeah. And so it's like a different different perspective almost. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a very clear uh, illustration. That's fun. Yeah. And, and you know, we see in, in the two teachings, you know, the teaching that it's the spirit that does the work reminds me of how needy I am. Mm -hmm. And as a follower of Jesus, uh, the deep gratitude I should have. Um, mm -hmm. But but the teaching that that I I get to choose to follow Jesus or to follow my own way that that teaches me about the um, the important responsibility I have and the the purpose um, and, and the how how my decisions matter. Mm -hmm. um, all of those things are, are important things to be learning and taking away. Mm -hmm. and, and realize that are all true. Yes. Yeah. Right? All mm -hmm. true at the same time, even though we don't understand how it can be true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I just was looking at my notes and one of the things I wrote down is that we cannot be an insider with the world and with Jesus at the same time. Oh, yeah that we must choose to follow Jesus or follow the world. And, you know, it's interesting as we think about choice, um, you know, that it's the spirit at work, 
right? And mm, it's a choice. Mm. Um, it's not just a single choice. Like there is a moment yeah. of choice, right? Where we say, yeah. yes, I am going to follow Jesus. I'm, I would like a personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And we have to make that choice daily to follow him. Yeah. Moment by moment even. Oh, yeah. How am I going to respond? Am I going to react in this moment or am I going to respond in this moment with the power of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's what I wanted to make clear at the at the end of the message is pointing out. I mean, just just what you said well, that um, we the, the decision to follow Jesus, there's an extent in which there's you make that decision um, in a moment. And and the spirit enters you, and that's it's a decision you make for your life, and 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 God honors that and sends the spirit uh, to to dwell in you, um, and it's also true that that's a decision that you'll confront, you know, many moments every day for the rest of your life, and and the beautiful thing is that when you're making that decision or confronted with that decision for many moments every day for the rest of your life, you have the power of the Holy Spirit to mm -hmm. equip you in every one of those moments to make the decision to follow the way of Jesus. Not that that's what we'll do every time, but for us to have the confidence that I do have the equipping power of the Spirit dwelling in me that will enable me to make the right decision at any given moment. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, I mean, that's so comforting and empowering to know I am, I am capable because of the Spirit to make the right decision in a given moment to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when I don't, because I won't always, when I don't, that same right. spirit will empower me to, to turn around, to seek forgiveness and to pursue the Lord again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, and that is, yeah. And that's encouraging. That's really encouraging. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time on um, we we had an interesting experience on Sunday in that we had uh, baby dedications in first service. We had infant baptisms in second service. Um, yeah. And and just in case that didn't make your mind swirl enough, like what's what's the difference between dedications <laughs> and infant baptisms? Then then we have this sermon where I end up mentioning we're going to have believer baptism next week, and I'm inviting people to step forward to be baptized as believers and. And certainly we had yes. some people out there saying, what? What, 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 like, what is going on? I yes, have to tell these, you, yes. I did not grow up in the Presbyterian church. Yes. So when I, that was one of my questions when I first got here. I'm like, wait, well, we're, we're doing what? We're doing both yeah. infant dedication and infant baptism? Like, yeah. I, what? And then, yeah. So it is, it is very confusing. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and what I want to, you know, I want to say, a, um, a word of defense and then a word of explanation. Mm -hmm. And, and my, my word of defense will be, um, it, is, it is confusing. One of the reasons why it is confusing is because the, um, the, the practice of infant baptism is very complex and mm -hmm. therefore very confusing. So, mm -hmm. so I see the the beauty of infant baptism um, laid out in scripture and uh, yet it is complex is it um, is it wrong because it's complex 
or is it a uh, less preferable um, way to go because it's complex? No, it, it's it's just complex because it is. Mm. Um, so so it's going to be confusing because it's complex. Mm. Um, th that being said, we want to do a better and better job of of making it as clear as we can and helping people understand uh, what what infant baptism is. How is that similar or similar or different uh, to dedication and to believer baptism? And, mm -hmm. and the thing that I want people to understand first and foremost about baptism, um, baptism is, it's a physical sign pointing mm -hmm. to a spiritual reality. And mm -hmm. so it's a physical sign of cleansing pointing to the need for, it's a physical cleansing pointing to the need for spiritual cleansing. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and uh, we can't, we can do our physical cleansing, we can do the sign, but there's no way we can spiritually cleanse ourselves. We, you know, this points back to John 3, we can't bring ourselves from, from spiritual death to spiritual life. That's the right. Spirit's work. So, yeah. so what um, the, the real spiritual baptism, the spiritual reality that we're pointing to in any baptism is the spiritual reality of the work that Jesus did on the cross that enabled through faith the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in our lives and bring us from spiritual death to spiritual life. So any baptism is pointing to that work of Christ on the cross and the redemption, the rebirth that the Holy Spirit brings. Mm -hmm. So whether whether I'm baptizing an infant and I'm, I'm holding them before the Lord and saying, Lord, this infant um, this infant is in desperate need of your spirit's work in their life. So I entrust this infant to you. You are the only one that can save them through your spirit bringing them new life. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful practice to, to acknowledge that truth with your infant. Um, believer baptism is it's pointing to the same thing. It's pointing to this spirit work. Only the spirit can rebirth us. And in believer baptism, it just happens that we're, we're pointing back. We're, we're still pointing up to the same thing, but we're pointing back and up instead of forward and up. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're pointing mm -hmm. to the fact that, you know what? This, this reality of the spirit bringing from me from spiritual death to spiritual life, I'm professing and thanking God that that has happened. Mm -hmm. So whether I'm entrusting and acknowledging my need for that to happen or, or professing the reality that it did happen, the point is, either in either case, we're pointing to the spiritual work that God did through Jesus mm -hmm. on the cross. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, so I, I want, you know, it is, we, we happen to worship in this church that um, has theological modesty and, and we will walk through and we'll, we'll um, practice infant baptism uh, you know, which would later lead to a profession of faith, or we'll practice dedication, which would hopefully later to lead to a believer baptism. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. so we can have different. And, and the truth is, I think I think there's a good argument for infant baptism in mm -hmm. Scripture, mm -hmm. um, and there's also a good argument for mm -hmm. um, the the circumcision of the Old Testament actually mm -hmm. becomes the believer baptism of the New Testament. There's, there's a good argument for either one. So rather than fighting about, you know, raising one up so high and trying to press one down so low, 
since there is a good argument for either one, I, I think it's right yeah. that we acknowledge and walk through either one at covenant. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and the point again is in all of those in baptism, we're mm -hmm. pointing to the work of Jesus on the cross and the right. spirit that our absolute need for the spirit to rebirth us. Yeah. And that's the essential. Yes. The essential yeah. is that we need the Holy Spirit to rebirth us spiritually, yeah. right? Yeah. The mm -hmm. non-essential is how we express that, whether yes. through infant baptism, believer baptism, um, or infant baptism that leads to profession of faith or uh, dedication, child dedication that leads to believer baptism. Yeah. That's the non-essential. Yeah. And so we can hold that uh, hold that loosely and accommodate both. Yes. Because yeah. it's non-essential. The essential yeah. is we need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 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 And we're pointing back to Jesus's work on the cross. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, so what I'd love and, you know, and our pastoral staff is, is aware of this and we want to work this more and more into the life of our church family that, um, one, we see baptisms more often, but that we also see um, professions of faith more often. Mm -hmm. um, so this Sunday, we'll be um, seeing some believer baptisms, nine, I think, which is absolutely wow. fantastic. That's amazing. Um, yes, yeah, so, so that's gonna be beautiful. But then in, in, a, in a Sunday or Sundays to come, um, we'll also have some professions of faith where individuals who have been baptized before um, we'll have the opportunity to stand up in front of our congregation and publicly profess their faith in, in a bit more of a formal way. Mm -hmm. and, and that's that's a beautiful thing. Again, acknowledging, you know, that which my parents entrusted or prayed for in infant mm -hmm. baptism. Um, I want to profess today that Christ has done that work that they said he needed to do and prayed that he would do. And that work has been done in my life. So they'll be pointing to that work and, and professing okay. that it's been done in their life. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it's right that we have believer baptisms and professions of faith and make a big deal of, of both of them. And, and yeah. we wanna do that more and more moving forward. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, any last thoughts on uh, Jesus and Nicodemus? Oh yeah, um, so one more that just continues to minister to me as I, I think back on the passage um, when uh, you know, there was a sense in which Jesus gave Nicodemus more than he could handle, right? Mm. He, he gave him a choice. Nicodemus didn't understand it, wasn't ready for it. Mm -hmm. um, but the Lord knew Nicodemus's heart. And, and I think that Jesus knew Nicodemus would eventually be ready for it and mm -hmm. would eventually follow him. But, but in the moment, Nicodemus wasn't. Um, right. but, but what I realized with Jesus calling Nicodemus to such a deep commitment, I realized that that is, um, I love that as I look to the Lord for the rest of my life, there is always a deeper and deeper amount uh, of allegiance that he'll call me into, a deeper and deeper amount of love that he'll reveal to me and compassion that he'll reveal to me. And and it is it is just beautiful to think I worship a God who um, he will show me more and more of himself throughout mm. the rest of my life. And I'll never, I'll never find the bottom of the well, mm. um, but there will always be more. There'll always be so much more that I, 
that I'm amazed that he that he's challenged me that challenging me that mm. deeper that much mm-hmm. deeper or or revealing that much more love and mm-hmm. so I, I love you know going to scripture and going to our Lord knowing that for the rest of our lives there will always be a deeper place he's calling us to and mm-hmm. a greater love he's revealing to us hmm. that is a great thought to end with the well never once dry yeah yeah <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Brentley, for your time today and for making up for yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for your grace. And thank you for joining us, whether you've joined us live on Facebook or whether you're joining us on our blog or on our podcast. Um, We are appreciate, we do appreciate that you have spent some time with us today. And if you have questions or comments, please leave those either on the Facebook live or in our blog. I read every one of those and I will respond. And we will, let's see, this week, Brent, uh, not Brentley, David. David is mm-hmm. preaching this week, not you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so I will be here next week with David, and we look forward to seeing you then. Have a great day. Sounds good. See you all. Thanks, Thanks Michelle. Bye.